Our next guest has never been short of an opinion or sarcasm. There's Evander Kane. There's Bobby Clark. Jack Campbell worth $6 million a year. The All-Star Game, where do we begin? So let's start with yoga. Well, what would you like to know about it? Uh, how was class today? I didn't have. I had it yesterday, and it was it was uh, it was tough. Um, I had the heart rate up to about one forty three uh, when I was, you know, when I had the left arm straight out, the right arm on the mat, and one leg up in the air. I found the heart rate jumped up. You know, <laughs> what do you call That's a that? Visual. I that's before I went into the down dog, they call it the down dog. So, That's but a... you know what? I'm, I'm trying to practice at home so I don't look so dumb when I go to class, but all my, uh, girlfriends are all, uh, think telling me there, I was leaving the other day and they told me I've drastically improved since I took my Nike high tops off and, I, and bare feet. So it's going much oh, better. God, Sorry, JB. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I shouldn't have led him down that path because I got a visual right now. I can't get out of my head. So you ask the next question. <laughs> All right. Well, it is. I'm glad you're finding your inner peace. That's really healthy for, for everyone involved. Uh, we, we've had a couple of chats today. I'll take you into the one we just had in which we were, had a just a, a vicious shouting match full of vitriol here on the show. Jack Campbell's contract. Um, you know, right now he's playing himself into a lot of dollars. How much of them is uh, what's up in the air right now and, and what we're kicking around. How, how important is it that the contract happens soon rather than letting the season play out and making the decision on a contract for him after the year? Well, that's a tough, that's a really tough question and a tough call. I mean, I, I don't know what you guys talked about, but I certainly wouldn't want my goaltender going into the playoffs without a contract. I mean, it's the most crucial position, um, you know, in the team. Now, if they happen to fall to a wild card spot with, with, with the way that Boston and Pittsburgh are playing, Pittsburgh are threatening the, the big three in the Metropolitan that they are going to knock somebody out of there, whether it's the Rangers or Washington, maybe, slow, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, I don't see Carolina being knocked out there. And with the Leafs, you know, the way Boston are playing with the games in hand they have. Um, I, so if you're in a wild card, it makes it a little bit tougher. But the situation is you don't want your goalie. I, like, first of all, he's got limited, limited playoff experience in his career. Granted, I mean, he's really come into his own in the last year, but six million dollars for a guy that hasn't won a playoff round and has you know really been a number one goalie for a year or a little more that's that's a tough ask but that's where the market is and he's played that well this year he's been one of the best players night in and night out i would be attempting to get him signed six million really bothers me though there's the the issue is that uh you know compared to 20 years ago mac uh, they're goalies with not a ton of playoff experience or success to say, and they're they're still at six million dollars. Well, that's give me a guy that hasn't give me a guy that hasn't won a playoff round that's making six. Well, not, not, necess there? not necessarily. Uh, see, I don't. 
win a playoff round, okay. Is that the difference between half a million and a million dollars a year? When Playoff success to me is getting a team to a, a conference final or a Stanley Cup final, and that's not Hellebuck. That's not Mark Strum, and they're at six million. Yeah. Is it such a stretch? Jack mm-hmm. asks for the same thing. Well, you know, I, I don't disagree with you. I just, it, it would bother me simply because of where they are with their cap, you know, and where they're going to be moving forward with their cap with Morgan Riley's deal coming on board. And you've got, you know, Marner and Matthews and now short-term deals. Um, you know, as you move forward, they're on short-term deals all of a sudden. And uh, you're risking putting yourself in another bind, but he, I don't disagree. He's been that good. He's been that valuable to them. And you know, he's he played in Sault Ste. Marie, so he should probably get that. <laughs> that's, that's worth that's half, worth a, mil, half minimum. a million. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So the other, the, lots of interesting that's stuff sarcasm. going on. That's sarcasm. Well, <laughs> there's something about a shred of truth behind a lot of jokes, isn't there? Um, yeah, a little bit. So little watching bit. watching all the drama unfold around the league, one of the uh, topics right now is Evander Kane, his situation with the Edmonton Oilers and how they went about, um, you know, almost claiming him in a press conference without having anything signed. When you're watching the, the Kane saga unfold, what are your thoughts? Well, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they uncover in this latest uh, investigation they're looking into about his border crossing and COVID and all this. And does he get another 40-game or does he get a 40-game suspension? Then that solves Kenny's problem. But I, I, I'm just blown away by this. Like, I, Peter Shirelli, to me, was the luckiest man in the world when he got the Edmonton Oilers GM job. I, I, I remember sitting there saying on the show, saying, how does a guy get that? It's like Ray Shiro getting the job in Pittsburgh with Sid and Malkin and Latang and Flurry and all those guys. And it really pissed me off thinking, wow, how does he get this job? Then I see Peter Shirelli get the job with McDavid and thinking, Dry Sidle, wow, what an opportunity. Then that fell uh, by the wayside. Now Kenny Hall, I mean, they've been six years trying to find a winger to play with McDavid. And the best they can come up with is Evander Kane. Are you kidding me? That would make me so nervous. Kenny may be in my foursome if this blows up in his face. Soon. <laughs> he may be able to come down here and play with me every Sunday and Wednesday if this blows up. But at least one thing, Kenny won't be uptight when he loses the 20 bucks like I lost the other day. Kenny will have money. He can afford to lose that. But this is a frightening proposal to think that this guy, I mean, I'm all for giving guys second chances too, but we're well beyond a second chance. Timmy Murray said that when he got him from Winnipeg seven years ago, I'm going to give him another chance. How'd that work out? I'm watching Ken Holland's press conference and he's got this water bottle that he's spinning around like crazy. And there's part of me that's, that's thinking he's thinking being in a foursome with, Doug McLean in Florida, you know, four times a week, isn't the worst idea. Yeah, I, I agree. Although you'd have to travel because he's he's over around Marco Island, so you'd have to travel to play with us. But I and I don't know who I'd bump out of our foursome. I, I mean, Kenny's a big <laughs> celebrity. You, We've got a couple. We got a couple of celebrities su- in our group. I don't know. You know. Were you surprised that uh, what we perceive as a UFA 
um, that that Ken would be so forthcoming in terms of laying his cards out on the table and saying, yes, he's interested in them, and then following it up with your superstar, Connor McDavid, saying, basically, we don't care what the media or the fans think. Uh, uh, you know, I think he's a good player, and I want him. I mean, I, I was really surprised, Mac, that that they would, you know, present it so clear like that. Yeah, and I and I, you know, a couple of people today told me that you know there's there's a half a dozen teams or more that talked him, but maybe only a couple of teams that are really interested in him. And and what is the dollar? And I mean, I I'm just nervous for them. I I just think that you know what happens if this blows up in their face. I mean, Connor McDavid. I agree. They need somebody. They need somebody desperately to play with them. They need some guys in the bottom of their lineup. They need more depth on their blue line, and they need a goaltender. Like I don't know if Evander Kane is the answer, but I would be scared to death. I mean, they gave him a big chance in San Jose. It destroyed. It came close to destroying their team. I just, I, I just don't get this one at all. I'm sorry, I don't. If you're a GM, would you have him on your team? Million bucks. I wouldn't, but you know, I, I, it's easy for me to say because I'm not there anymore. And and to say that, you know, we don't care what the fans and what the media think. I said the same thing in Columbus. I don't care what the fans and what the media think. How'd that turn out for me? <laughs> I guess it's important. I, kind of been a yeah, goofy damn right week. It's important. Damn, damn right, it's yeah. important. You know, I, I I just wish I had to do it over again with a couple of the media people. I mean, it's you get you know you think back after a while. You know, you get into these binds where you're, there's so much pressure on you as a GM. There's so much pressure on you as a coach. You think, i got to get some wins here. There are owners on you. There's, you've got to get some wins, and you sometimes take chances. The big difference of taking a gamble of bringing a guy like that into a Detroit Red Wing dressing room like Kenny did with some, young, some guys, uh, but bringing them into that dressing room, I, I'd be nervous. I really would be, and I, I feel for the Oilers. I mean, I look. I mean, they're slipping. They're they're slipping down the wild card list right now. I mean, them and Calgary and Vancouver, three teams we thought looked like they're going to be pretty good teams, are slipping, slipping fast. And you know, when you start to slip this time of year, it's hard to recover. From one guy laying his cards out on the table and Ken Holland, uh, we also have Bobby Clark and and. Clarky, don't don't sugarcoat it. Tell us how you really feel about Ron Hextall. <laughs> wow, Mac. <laughs> I know I was. I guess I've been blown. Stop laughing. A lot of I mean, I, I I listened to it. And I'm like, oh my god, Clarky. Like he, I mean, Clarky was a GM for a long time, and I used to love listening to the GM meetings because he'd go, he'd snap every once in a while, and go, you know, go ballistic about, you know, how the game was changing and the new rules we're putting in, you know, coming out of the lockout and touching the, the gloves with the stick. I mean, I, I used to love listening to him, but he unloaded. And I, you don't hear many GMs who are still in the order, managing people who are still in an organization, rip a guy like that who played like 18 years for them and then became a GM after paying his dues in LA. I just, I was blown away by it. I thought, what happened to Clarkie? I mean, 
What happened to his cornflakes in the morning? Well, like, what happened? Something happened that would cause that. And then he went off on Keenan, which was just as bad. I mean, I didn't mind listening to that one, but, you know. Kind of got lost a little bit uh, on, on the Keenan clip. Uh, Sammy, do we have that? Yeah, we got a thumbs up. <laughs> Let's have a listen. And Keenan was a really good coach his first year. He was different. But what happened with Mike, and we're friendly since, Mike Siegel got so big that it was always the player's fault. When Keenan didn't win, it was the player's fault, which we've seen other coaches do that. And you fail. You gotta fail. You can't you can't go on like that. You can't think the coach is never supposed to think he's the genius, even if he is, as in Shiro's and Arbor's case and stuff. But if you start thinking you're better than the players, man, you got a long ways to go. You're not gonna last. Yeah. And that happened to Mike. That happened to Mike. We had to fire him. Not wanting to, but knowing it was over. Hey, only guys on the ninety four team are allowed to take a run at Keenan, not anybody else. <laughs> I've heard you take a few runs at him, but you know that's okay. I mean, I I just am caught off guard when you're still in the management and you're making those type of comments. It's kind of I mean, Clark he can do what he wants. He's a Hall of Famer. He's you know he's had an unbelievable career in management and, and playing, and he can say what he wants, I guess. But I, I was caught off guard by by both the attacks and especially the Hexy Keenan. I mean, lots of people have taken pot shots at Mike and, you know, I, I just, you know, he, he, there was another comment he said where he said to, to Ronnie Sutter, if, you know, if, if, you know, if you don't start playing better, I'm going to trade Richie. I mean, like, Oh my God. <laughs> like, <laughs> what kind of comments are those? And, and that he abused players and Oh my God. Anyway, it like, a- it's great for you guys, but I just was caught a little off guard by it. Is is it uh, in some way deflecting uh, the current situation with the team, and and maybe taking a look at uh, uh, Chuck Fletcher? Is is, is does well, is that part of the equation? Well, I, I think it's got to be part of it, and that's what a lot of people are saying. But I mean, Chuck Chuck comes in, he's he's fired his coach Vino, who's making four million a year for joining a foursome uh, somewhere, and and now he's got Yo in there who he went with because of history and now they're still horrible. I mean, this is a team that was supposed to be a contending team and right now they can hardly win a game. And and not only that, talk about a soft group, a soft group of players that don't want to compete. Uh, it, Chuck, I mean, whether Clarkie says it or not, there's still a ton of pressure on, on Chuck Fletcher. There's no denying that. And hopefully, I like Chuck. I hope he survives. But, you know, uh, Clarkie saying that, I don't think it's going to make much of a difference. Can you relate to the frustration, though, of the public perception not being in line with the reality of the decisions that were made? You know, I, I, I get this sense that it's like, yeah, well, this didn't work out, but this was on this guy, not me. You know, and I'm sure behind the scenes, there's a lot of people giving GMs information that often turns out not to be true. Well, the GM, where's the bad decision? Look, I, I, I've been really looking deeply at the drafts the last 10 years, you know, because I'm working on a, on a book and I, 
and I look at decisions that every GM made, no matter if you're the smartest guy, take a look at the drafts and go from the top 40 picks of the draft. And you'll say, what were they thinking with that pick? I mean, it happens every year. There's, there's horrible picks. If you're 50% in a draft as a GM, you're, you're really, really smart. And to pick out, you know, a situation where they took the kid number two. Listen, the, the one they talked about was Makar. Makar was playing in the Alberta Junior League at the time. He had committed to UMass Amherst, if I'm not mistaken which was not a powerhouse at that time. It was a secondary college at that time. Sure, they became good after McCarr went there. McCarr, it's easy after the fact to say, oh, yeah, we wanted McCarr. But, yeah, we wanted a guy at third or second overall from the Alberta Junior League, and he was going to UMass Amherst. And I, I don't think that's an easy decision. And lots of guys turn out after the fact. I get that. I get that. I mean, I, I've been ripped for Kopitar for 10, or 10 years for not taking Kopitar. He wasn't rated by anybody except our guys in the top 10. And uh, you know what? I, it just it happens. Unfortunately, it happens to lots of guys. Heiskanen goes at the top of that draft. You know, it was it, he went, I guess. Did he go before or after Makar? I mean, he was right in that range. So those are tough calls to make and Lots of guys live with these mistakes, and I, I just think, you know, I hate when guys in your own organization are calling it out. Do you think that what? teams are better off? Uh, sorry, Kipper, do you want to go? Or? No, go ahead. Do you think teams are you better go. off with, like, you know, Bobby Clark talked about how Hextall closed the door and it was his decisions. Are teams better off with a guy like that, a clear boss, or is sort of a kumbaya, everyone has a voice, uh, you know, group collective decision-making? Well, you, you've got to you've got to make a decision. You know, the biggest decision you have to make is you get your list. The list is not made by just the general manager. The list is made by your director of amateur scouting and the scouts. It's a myth out there that people think the GM is the guy that's making the call. Yeah, the first round, the GM is involved in the pick. There's no denying that. But come on, guys. I, te- teams are drafting guys in the second round that the GM has never seen. And I remember going when I, when I would go to the prospects game or I'd go to the World Junior, and the scouts would all be nervous. Be oh, 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 he's he's looking at our players, our players. The scouts are saying, don't let the GM see too many of these guys. He's going to screw up our list. You know, <laughs> he, he's going to he's going to affect our list because he sees them once in a prospect game or he sees them once here, once there. And, and he, he wants to make the pick. You know what? I, I, I changed our list. I remember walking with Don Boyd, walking to the draft in Ottawa. It's on tape. It's on tape by Sportsnet. I said to Boydie, Boydie, I know we love Kopitar. I know we love Kopitar. How do we take Kopitar ahead of Brule? How do we take a kid from Slovenia ahead of Brule? And we made the decision to go with Brule. I mean, I watched him at the at the prospects game in Vancouver. Honest to God, he looked as good as Sid Crosby. Not I, in that game because Sid didn't show up for it. But those are and you know what? I've lived with that mistake. If I would have drafted Kopitar instead of Brule, I probably still would be the GM in Columbus. But he went eleventh. He went eleventh. There was eight other geniuses after me that went by him. You know, so. 
it happens all the time. It happens at every draft. But you know what? The fact that people pin draft picks on GMs is a is a you know you have to take the heat. You're the boss. But I'm sorry. Blame the GM on trades, but don't blame the GM on all the picks. So at three million dollars a year, how much did not uh, picking Kopitar cost you? Uh, when GMs and presidents carry are making like two. four, five million, carry the two. Probably, I got you. Probably cost me about. Probably cost me about thirty million personally. For, for, for what it's worth, I played junior hockey against Brule, and he was unbelievable. I saw him score two and punch the visor off a twenty-year-old's head in one game. He was unbelievable in junior. <laughs> I got to end this but, segment. But, so, but, but, but. Yeah, thirty million. That's that's really. Thank God I bought real estate in PEI. Thank God. I <laughs> is, is there a website people can find you? <laughs> Are you selling Hampton, real estate too? Hamp, yeah, HamptonsPEI.com. Check it out. There's uh, oh great waterfront lots how many, available. How many properties do you have to sell to make up not taking Kopitar? <laughs> <laughs> He's got to sell the whole coastline to make that back. <laughs> I just, All right, listen. I. I, I I just got sick here. Don't I'll have to I'll have to get off here soon. Well, we'll, we'll end this segment so you can go off in a quiet corner and cry. <laughs> cry like a baby. You know, I'm serious. Cry like a baby. Anyway, and I'll tell you what else. A lot of my scouts said, "Well, it wasn't us. The, the GM wanted them. The GM wanted them. We didn't want Brew. Like, oh my God, I wish I had the. I wish I could." play those meetings how they were i had half my guys fighting for brulee half the fighting for copa and if the truth was really known we really thought montreal were going to take price we thought they would or i should say we thought montreal were going to take brulee and they took price who we by the way in that draft had him rated 12th in that draft price because we weren't taking a goal so anyway who knows eh? is this what your whole your your, your new book's going to be all about Called Creme yeah, Brulee, the Doug McLean story. Yeah, that's only one chapter. There's a chapter on Jaredev too. For all those hate of all, for all those McLean haters out there, there's also a, a, a chapter on my Russian issue. It's <laughs> <laughs> one book. We can't wait for it, uh, Doug McLean. As always uh, on Fridays, we we love you, pal. Thanks for coming on. Oh no, it's like it's a treat to get on. It really is. Thanks, Thanks for coming, a lot Mac. For having me. Thanks, there guys. is sarcasm 101 at its finest. <laughs> Sammy, what do we got after, we the, got break? after the break? Tex, Tex. and JD Bunkus. Sammy's eating is a there a number? <laughs> I'm here. Is, I'm listening. Yeah, do we need a, a number to uh, push for our um, uh, uh, text messages or tweets? Yeah, 59590. Send your texts in. We're still we're getting a lot in now, but uh, I'd like more. So text us five ninety five ninety, and we'll get to them after old uh, bunkus. All right, and a reminder: however you get your podcast, uh, give us a rating and review. We'd love to hear from you. Hear all the great thoughts after the break. Plenty more to come. JD Bunkus with his crazy wacky thoughts. You're listening to Real Kipper and Born, show number sixty nine. It's Friday, which means we're clearly out of ideas. So let's welcome in J.D. Bunkus, co-host of the, man, uh, the Fan Morning Show. 
What's up, boys? Feel the same way? You think I have ideas? Well, I just like, you think I got ideas? Like, no, I'm just ranting and raving. This is just a live stream of consciousness. That's all this is. Like, this isn't thought out. This isn't planned. It's just, ah, well, here's a bunch of gobbledygook, and you guys take it. How are you? I mean, since you've blown us off, has it been, you know, has your career gone to another level? Because usually that, that's it's been huge. Usually what happens. Yeah, it's been huge. I'm not going to lie. You know how when you blow off uh, a hot girl, you try to do something where, uh, you know what nagging is? Remember that? It was like the way to hit on women when you were when I was in university, so like in the mid-early 2000s, where it was like you'd be rude to somebody and that was a way to gain their attention. That's worked for me. You should see the shows I'm doing now. <laughs> JB, did that work for you? Yeah, sure. He's just on Dan Patrick every other day. It's great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, oh, you know, Dan and I. Oh, Rich and I. Rich Eisen and I. I do good morning football. I, I yak it up with Kyle Brandt. We're like, oh, what are you doing, Kyle? I'm like, oh, I'm doing all kinds of crazy things, man. It's blowing off Kipper and Borland. Let's see these suckers make them wait for me one more time. Appreciate so, yeah, you slumming with us, man. We, we really do. Um, you know, so yeah, we'll, we'll take this opportunity to, to cash in on your brain while we have you. And, you know, what's what are your thoughts on the state of the Leafs, J.D.? What do you, what do you got? What's a, you know, I haven't got any texts lately with any outlandish ideas. Do you, do you still have any? <laughs> no, it's because I fall asleep. I have narcolepsy with <laughs> the morning show where right. I just pass out at weird times. I fall asleep trying to text people. Uh, so I have a couple things for you guys today. I'm going to start with this, and Kipper's going to love this one. This is just like right at Kipper softball. He's going to just smash this out of the park. But do you guys think there's anything to – the Leafs being four and five without Mitch Marner, blowing a couple leads to some big teams, and then the coup de gras being this loss to the Arizona Coyotes, where they sort of gassed out at the end, even though it was an incredible loss, right? Like, has a worse team ever beat a team with more talent in such a horrific way? I don't know. It's like that that game kind of reminded me of when Canada plays Latvia and it's close at the Olympics, and you're like, ooh, same thought. Maybe this get a little tight, right? This is a little bit of a thing. <laughs> but I was thinking watching that game when it finished, wow, what perfect timing for Marner to come back. It's going to be Hockey Night in Canada against a really good Blues team that has been dominant at home. And after a couple of games where against good opponents where we're doing measuring stick games, where the Leafs haven't looked quite right, and where they've gassed out down the stretch, and we've had to see some guys like Kyle Clifford try to chop the puck into a, st- like, into a square, there's just been some... There's been some off stuff, and now if Marner comes back and the Leafs start to look good, or the Leafs look better, doesn't it make it a little bit like there could be some healing between Marner and the fan base in the regular season, which is something I would have never predicted. It was the ultimate, this is only going to happen in the playoff stat. I don't think it's a big enough sample size uh, to definitively go one one side or the other, and I- you know, prior to that, Arizona, there were some people that, uh, you know, if you if you squirrel through social media that say, we don't need him. You know, so I I value him as a as a complete, you know, 200-foot guy defensively. There, there's no question in my mind uh, that they need him. And when push comes to shove in the playoffs, he's going to have to still be the engine. I know Matthews can finish plays off like the best in the world, but th- this guy's g- 
going to have to be going on all cylinders, Mitch Marner, for the Leafs to go deep in a, in a playoff round. You know what's unfortunate for old Mitchie is he's at a point uh, in time where we just all decided we're not changing our minds in anything. No one no one yeah. is uh, changing their minds, <laughs> just we have our... It's actually our... a bad thing to change your mind now. <laughs> yeah. If you change your mind now, it means you're a liar and you're a fraud, weak. not somebody who's smart. Right, yeah. No, he- heaven forbid you get new information. So, I, you know, it, I see your point. I, and I think it's a it's a valid one, and it probably should change some people's opinions. Like, man, he really is crucial to the success of this team. That's it, plain as day, but it's just people it's, are dug in on everyone, it feels like. It's going to go one of two ways, right? Uh, and this goes back to our age-old uh, question right from the very beginning. Can they be successful? Can they win with four of their highest-paid players, you know, before Morgan Riley in forwards? And we still don't know the answer to that. We don't. Ultimately, if if Kyle outsmarts everybody and said, yeah, we knew all along that we could pump in $40 million in four guys and still be successful, or ultimately uh, a short playoff run will be, no, Kyle, you were wrong. And in all likelihood, it probably would have pointed to Mitch Marner as being the one guy that you should have got rid of. We're not signed. Bunk, but is this going to be in your uh, your Instagram series, Take It or Leave It, which I need to say I have very much enjoyed. If you don't follow JD on Instagram, you should because they're very good. Is this going to be a topic for you? Thank you. Well, here's the thing. I'm trying to diversify a little bit from the Leafs because I have so many Leafs takes that uh, I'm trying to do some that are not just Leafs-oriented because I'm frustrated with something Leafs-based basically every day. <laughs> the only problem is is that because I grew up in Western or Northern Canada, however you want to put it, as a Leaf fan, I kind of use it now as this uh, – platform to take shots at those markets that I grew up with, you know, ripping on me where I'm like, no, you can't touch me. I'm here. You got to leave it in the comment section. That's the only place that you can do it. So that Edmonton has drawn the ire in the last couple ones. But no, I just think that the thing with Marner is that, okay, this goes two ways, right? I figure some people go absence makes the heart grow fonder and some people you're right born. Most everybody's dug in. I'm trying to talk to like the five rational people that listen to sports radio. Okay. Uh, the five <laughs> rational people that listen to these shows that have are willing to open up their minds to the possibility of something, which is, Hey, let's see what this guy does when he comes back. Let's see if maybe he even plays on a different line, which is kind of the secondary part of this is I'm kind of coming around to the idea of, push Kerfoot down the lineup, that this whole Kerfoot love affair has gone a little bit too far, where we're saying all of a sudden he is redeemed, all of a sudden he's this top six forward. It's like, yeah, he plays with Tavares and he plays with Nylander, but if you actually look at their five-on-five stats, they're not overwhelming. Like, they don't... I, I'm, you know me, I'm not Mr. Advanced Stats, but they don't have a shot share of over 50% when those guys are on five-on-five on, five on the ice. Hmm. That doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to me, considering that they make over $20 million combined. So I'd like to see a little bit of a shake-up. I'd like to to see this guy bump down the lineup a bit. Maybe you go with the super second line where you say, hey, Marner, you're going to go with Tavares and you're going to go with Nylander. Both those guys you can set up. You're going to have two dangerous guys on the line. And Austin Matthews, you're going to go back to the thing that we all feared when we were under Mike Babcock, which is you're going to play with two guys who can grind and get you the puck. And we're going to say, Michael Bunting, you go there. And Andre Kasha, if you can stay healthy, you go there. And when I look at it, I kind of think, you know, maybe this solves all the problems. Maybe now you don't have everything on Marner and Matthews' stick. Maybe now you have the best balance of your top six forwards. Maybe this is how you make your best two lines. But ultimately, Kipper, I think you're right because this does cut two ways, which is 
Marner being gone and the Leafs losing these games is yet another reminder where you go, oh, right, the Leafs keep losing in the playoffs because Marner is basically a healthy scratch when he's out there and he's not producing anything. And that's why you can't get over the hump against good teams in big games because the Dubas equation is you need to get things from all four of those guys. And when you're missing two, like when you had Tavares completely out of the lineup, or Marner doing absolutely nothing, then you're not going to win. You just can't do it. You don't have the depth to do it. Don't you just buy into that? Uh, it, it's just very black and white when it comes to Marner and the Toronto Maple Leaf fans is either you sure. really love him or you really hate him. There is no in I haven't between. met the love you've, ones. You, 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 you've had five years, six years of kind of painting this picture of, of what he is or what he isn't according to your your thought process and him being away for a week week and a half isn't going to influence you one way or the other yeah maybe not i would have thought that you know i i love the idea i love this uh franken lineup you've created here um you know Tavares with with marner nylander you know because matthews i feel like can pull a line right you see him shoot it in the net against arizona with bunting and kasha it's a pretty good group all of a sudden, you you push Kerfoot down a little bit, and you've got some more farther down the lineup. I yeah, I think there's something to to this idea here, at least for a run, a couple well, of games. He's a winger. He's a winger. That's what we decided. Alex Kerfoot's a winger. And plus, like, if we really want to find out whether this dude deserves three point five million dollars or whatever, when people are doing this whole, uh, hey, he's right. This is it. Finally, we're vindicated. Why don't we see him in a, on a, in a winger position slotted further down the lineup? Like, he was supposed to be a third-line center. Does it really matter if he's a second-line winger or a third-line winger at this point? Like, honestly, just give me different looks because last season in the playoffs, that's what hurt them. They didn't want to move Marner off the line with Matthews because they didn't know what they had. They didn't. They were too worried to do it. They figured, oof, God, we, we don't have Tavares. At least we have this one line. We're not going to get in their heads. We're not going to go away further from this. Maybe now in a playoff series, you do get stuck. Maybe these guys do start to have their old demons crop up. All I want to see is some versatility. All I want to see is some reps. Because if you really are using the regular season as quote-unquote practice, like we all really wanted them to, then do it like a practice, which is sometimes you shuffle things up. And that leaves you the line of Mikheyev, Kampf, and Kerfoot as your third yep. line, which you have to really like. And yep. then your fourth line is Engvall, Spezza, Simmons, which, yeah, pretty good. Clifford is your 13th guy. You're in a pretty good spot at that point. So I think there's something here, Kipper. Yeah, so- go out and get somebody that buffers Clifford from that 13 spot, though, because I don't really like the feeling of one injury and then that guy's on the ice. Like the My biggest takeaway from the Colorado game was – oh my God, you cannot put good players on the ice against from Kyle Clifford. Otherwise, it's going to be just an absolute gong show. So what uh, what can we expect on your Instagram video series, Take It or Leave It, when it comes to uh, Jack Campbell uh, being announced uh, as an all-star goalie? This is this is a legit oh. all-star worthy pick. Okay, so I'm actually going to flip this into a different thing, though. because And I hadn't even thought about this, but... I can't believe they did the stupid baseball thing where they add an all-star from every team. And, and I, honestly, like, the NHL has to be the dumbest league on the planet. It's like they, them in baseball are constantly going back and forth where they're like, I'm going to do something really dumb. And then hockey's like, you think you're going to do something dumb? I'm going to do something even dumber than you. And these are basically these two leagues. Imagine a reality where Trevor Zegras, who plays in Anaheim, where no one is watching him ever, but every once in a while we get this little clip, and it's like, hey – here might be the most exciting guy in hockey. And also, he has a ton of swagger, and he says things. And you go, oh, that's amazing. 
And then you look at his numbers and, hey, he's actually having a good season. And we don't have an Olympics, so we don't get to see him there. And then the NHL decides to send a goalie, a goalie from Anaheim and said, I love goalies. Goalies are amazing. Uh, it's my favorite position. But at the All-Star game, it's the most irrelevant thing ever. So John Gibson is going to go to the All-Star game instead of Trevor Zegras? It's just this league is hilarious. It's comical. Sometimes it's basically as though it's a yeah. joke that these are guys are running it. And this is just another situation like this where you go, hey, put the skilled players there. Put the people there that people want to see. And instead, they go with John Gibson over Trevor Gre- Zegras. It's just, it's incredible. It's truly incredible. Okay, can I, can I, I'll give you some insight into yeah. that because it <laughs> Don't is Don't ruin getting... this with logic and facts, no, Kipper. Let no, me I'm just not. be mad. I'm just, I'm, this is why people listen to our show because they're, yeah. they, they're getting shredded shredded by people like you and i'm not saying it's undeserving but (laughs) people like you it's this is this is the insight that you're going to get on this show nowhere else all right you know who's to blame that zegris is not at the all-star game or the all-star weekend i feel like it's going to be zegris you (laughs) no it's the calgary flames okay do you want to know why yes had a cry or something like brad trailer because Because they didn't want Markstrom to go to the All-Star game. So then that's the division why. is left scrambling for a goalie? It's such, see, this exactly. is the thing. This is the thing that so McKinnon too. made this point exactly. about this puzzle, the way you have to put it together. You end up screwing guys. Kadri's fourth in league scoring, and he's not going. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, no, it's because it's, it's great. Uh, McKinnon's a captain. And this is, this is the dilemma here. Is it's, a, it's a jigsaw puzzle beyond belief. So now you you need a goalie in the Pacific Division, and it it's Gibson, and it's not like it's totally undeserving, but that's Markstrom's spot. But yeah, when you no start having to, when you have when you have the general managers picking and not picking guys, then you're just left to whatever you have, and yeah. that's the issue here. JD, do they and, not care about this in the NBA? Isn't it a big deal? No, but this so, but the NBA is so different because NBA All Star Weekend is actually a premier event, and you already have the uh, the Rising Stars competition, right? And you have uh, just fan votes and all kinds of things. It's actually a destination. Hockey really doesn't have anything. There was a little while in my childhood where you cared about some of the events. I feel like I used to care about the accuracy competition and I used to care about hardest shot. And I I guess I still kind of do if somebody really sets it. But I I do have memories of being a kid thinking like, oh my God, uh, now we get to see what Al McInnes can do, right? And thinking in my mind that Al McInnes was one of the world's best defensemen who ever lived because he could hit the puck the hardest, right? So... But I think that that's what you do for kids. You want to showcase the players that have the most skill and the players that will actually show up and do things like that. And then to me, that's Trevor Zegras. And so what do you need to make sure you do at this event? You have to ensure, have to, have to, have to, ensure that you get guys that are going to have a little bit of buy-in at these events. Plus, like, when do guys care about the All-Star game? They care about their first appearance. That's it. They care about the first time they go, and that's it. And so send Trevor Zegras. He's legitimately one of 
the most interesting players in the NHL. If not, honest God, he, he what is he to you guys? Top five already most interesting, compelling people in hockey? Right, He's right up there. And from a skill set standpoint, it's like he was made for video games and all-star games, and you don't send him. In a year where your league is kind of fledgling and fighting it, and it's got all these stupid things going on, and you don't have best-on-best tournaments, it's just been a rotten year for hockey. And this one was just a layup to me. And I go, just score the layups, hockey. Just put the ball... If you got a dunk and somebody throws you an alley-oop, just finish the alley-oop, for God's sakes. This, once upon a time, it was legit. It was a big deal. It was prestigious. It was mm-hmm. an honor uh, to be named to an all-star team. The, the first thing that they got to do is they got to lose the term all-star with this event. It, it isn't an all-star. They're not all-stars. No. It's They, they got to change it to the NHL Showcase Weekend or, you know, Extravaganza. That's what they need to change it to. The only thing, the only time you should be mentioning NHL All-Star is at the end of the year with first and second team selections. Mm -hmm. That's the only time anybody should ever be named as an All-Star. In the meantime, just go and have a nice schmooze weekend. That's, That's really what it's all about. I just want to see Zegers schmooze. I just want to see Trevor Zegers play because God yeah. knows I'm not staying up at 10 o'clock at night watching or 10.30 and watching the Anaheim Ducks play the, uh, the San Jose Sharks. Some of us have lives to live, okay? Put Trevor Zegers in some places where we get to see him, for God's sakes. Start living your life this weekend with a case of Little Buddha cocktails. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's me drinking my Little Buddha in my empty apartment alone, <laughs> just having a time over here. Watching just the throwing ducks. it down on the rocks. What do you guys do? What's your, like, Friday treat right now? What's your Friday treat? Because for me, it was trying to go out and be with friends and go do stuff. And, and now I'm kind of like... I guess it's food. Like I'll I'll spend like forty five dollars on baked goods and be like, ah, this makes my heart full. I don't know. I don't know what to do. What do you guys? What's your guys' Friday treat? My Friday looks like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Yeah, so no, I'm, I'm lost. It is. It's for garbage work. food. It's like, Daddy, you're into slice of pizza. Oh, God. Yeah. all right, JD. That's what so it's food. It's food. All right, we're all on team food. All right, great. Thanks, pal. thanks for having me, boys. This is great. Thanks, Bunk. Co-host of the Fan Morning Show, JD Bunkus. Sammy. Where's our Sammy? I'm here. I thought. Am Sammy, I here? We got you got me? Uh, for a super fan like you, what, what is the what's that All Star Weekend turned into for you? I it went out the window when three on three came in for me. I, I actually liked it's it up so, until. The I'm sorry. Was the integrity of the event really no, for you? No, it's just it's not a real game anymore. I liked it when it was the lead up to the game and they yeah. played a hockey game with five on five with shifts and. You know, it was a hockey yeah. game. Now I, it's just stupid. So, so were you okay with the North American versus Europe? And, yeah, I loved uh, that. The final score, 22-19? But that was the perfect – I was at the perfect age for that. You know, like I was like – like in my when, – when was that when they did that? I was a kid when they did that, and I loved that. And it was exciting. I loved the All-Star game. Even in my 20s, I loved the All-Star game. And I loved the events like like uh, Bunkus was talking about. I loved the, the hardest shot, the accuracy. I love all that stuff. But I just the three on three thing sullied it for me. It really did, fellas. And like I would still, if there was you know a five on, I will watch it because it's on sports. I love the All Star Game. I promise I will watch it. But it's hard to watch it. I don't, I well, just it, I much prefer the five on five thing. And the three on three tourney is stupid. And, and just you know, and, and you still hear people. And yes, Kadri's not going. And Brad Marchand again, uh, worthy of being there. 
But behind the scenes, I think it worked out best for everybody, uh, including, you know, Patrice Ber- uh, Bergeron, who's going, uh, we think, is in his place. Lots of talk about this maybe being his last year, so he wants to go there with his kids and, and soak it all in. So a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff on on why certain guys are there and not there. Bergeron, last year? Is that what you're saying? I, 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 I'm just saying that it's it's a possibility that this could be his last season in the National Hockey League and uh, wanted oh, to experience God, the, the the weekend with his with his kids. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. You had mentioned it in the past. Oh, I'm, I, I'm not. Hey, no, I'm I know not reporting not, anything. I know, here. I know, I know. I'm just saying. Please, that, God, let that be true. <laughs> easy, 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 Leaf fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that enough? No, I Sid Sid not going there. Uh Sid doesn't want to go. Yeah, see don't, this is the thing when I asked JD about the NBA keeper. Them. I know, but like what like what are we doing? Like Sid Sid Crosby's the face of the league and it's like I'm sorry, man, but like this Sid, is part of the burden of being Come on. Sid Sid's done everything you can to sell the game his whole career. I know he has. I know. So don't don't knock Sid for not wanting to go. I almost feel like you have to invite him though. You have to say you're going. And if Sid wants to not go. Well, and that's okay too. Suspend him, and then embarrass him by suspending him. Now you just don't have Sidney Crosby your All Star. Are, are we are we sure Ovi's gonna go? Yeah, he's gonna go. I mean, no, we're not sure. But, but yeah, he's the captain, right? You know, yeah, I, he was named captain, but a few days ago he thought he was. Going to go to China and play in the Olympics. <laughs> you guys remember the the Guardians stuff? Wasn't that revealed at an All Star game? And was it the Columbus one? Do you remember the Guardians, Ice Guardians? No, you guys don't remember this. What are you talking about? Every no team, every single about. team was given like a superhero. They did a whole oh, production yeah. before the yeah. the All Star game where it was like I don't know what the Leafs was or what it would have been, but it was Stan Lee divide or drew them yeah, all, created them all. It was it was embarrassing. I'll be honest. Anyway, uh, I used to love the All Star game. I liked it. They tried to get creative with some things. You know, last year in St. Louis, they had to shoot the puck from off the rink into the. You know, it doesn't always work. They're trying. They're trying, boys, to keep They're it. They right. should not try. They should not try. Just have a Go hockey game. The- Best players. Listen, Saturday night, fastest skater, hardest shot, um, shootout relay, and uh, the accuracy. Just do the old school things, bring it back, and then have a five-on-five hockey game, and the weekend will be ten times better. This three-on-three stuff is just—it's—it's it's ruined it. And like, I guess you can look at the other sports. The Pro Bowl is the worst event in the world. No one watch. Like, I guess actually, I shouldn't say no one watched that. A ton of people watch that in the states, but it's a brutal game. And then you, but then you look at the NBA; it's great, and baseball's great. So it's just kind of the way it is. It's always kind of been bad, and the other ones are there's certain good ones, there's certain bad ones, and, yeah. and that's life, I guess. It's the All Star game, even three on three in the NHL. Like if I see guys come out of the zone again and regroup, and oh, oh my god, know. I'm okay with Ugh. that. Coaches have ruined three on three somehow. Way to go, coaches! Should well, we you to- knew that was happening. Yeah, should we go to Tech, Sammy uh, Kipper? You guys ready to make that move? All right, let's rock and roll. You guys ready? Yep. All right, we got our first one coming in here. Uh, please put your names in the text because I like to give credit. It's a good question. Hey, guys, everyone is talking about the Leafs needing another D-man. Considering the cap issues they have in the next few years, should they consider trading Muzzin? 
Muzzin seems to be regressing, and I'm not sure how much you can trust that he's going to be any better this year or for the next few years with his health issues. Thoughts? Thoughts is his his standard isn't where it needs to be for, if I'm not mistaken, uh, JB, 5.6 million. About that, yeah. That sounds right. And I, I don't think you're there yet, and uh, you will not get there. You will not arrive there by this trade deadline. Now, where are the Leafs? First round exit or a conference final or a Stanley Cup final? And th- that'll dictate, I think, Muzzin's future. But if this ends ugly, uh, there's a very good chance that you're going to be pointing a finger at Jake Muzzin. I just don't understand. You know, I don't see how it would be fixable because Muzzin is such a tent pole for the team they are, right? He takes care of the, the PK, the D zone, the shutdown, like he's... He's Mr. Everything, and so, yeah, I understand he hasn't been up to, to standard, but how do you get that back for $5.5 million? You know, isn't your best chance just to work with him, rest him, try to have him be the best him he can be when he's exactly what you want? I, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I think they're just going to really do their best to put him in a position to have success. Two more years at 5.625. Now, after the Jake season, contract. maybe you revisit that. And Hull's out of the lineup Saturday night, so it's another different look for Jake Muzzin. Travis Dermott's we'll just not grabbing grabbing the ball for me. Kip, what do you thought about him lately? But I just keep waiting for him to be the guy to be like, you know, Derms is figuring it out. This is they got a guy here. It's just not happening. I just he think is what he is, buddy. Sometimes I, I think there's just a a little bit too much in his game sometimes with some some turnups and some twists yep. and turns and yep. if you could just simplify it. And, you know, we had Jamie uh, Rivers earlier on in the show talk about Chris Pronger's first pass. And it's like, you can make two and a half million easy in this league. If you've got a great first pass for 17 or 18 minutes in a hockey game. Yeah. You know, you know what they need to do is go back in time and have Dermot work with skills coaches less and quit trying to look off guys and fake passes and, like, to your point, Kipper, the first guy you see that's open up the rink, just snap it as hard as you can to his tape. Just get it up the rink and play, you know, not, not worry about all this extra stuff you're talking about, the jukes, the fakes, the it's it's a bit too busy. You're right. It's frenetic. I, I love going back to, I forget which, which one it was, but one of the 24-7s on HBO when it was the Red Wings, I think it was the Red Wings Leaf one, and they were having a, all these guys are out for dinner, the Red Wings, and they were having a conversation about playing with Pavel Datsuk. And I think it was Brendan Smith. He was like, you know, it's one or two stick candles, look for 13. <laughs> That's his whole game plan. <laughs> yeah, it's his whole game. One or two stick candles, look for 13. And I feel like that could really help Thurman. Yeah. One or two stick candles, look for 34. One or two stick candles, look for 88. Yeah. You don't have to, you know, do a spinorama backhand sauce onto somebody's tape. Simplify it a little bit out there. I agree. Yeah. And then we had uh, Yorkie on maybe a couple of weeks back, and it's like first pass and get the hell off the ice. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's it's a good like, strategy too. Right? No one's mad at you if you make a good pass and leave. No, You're George yeah. Costanza, no, yeah. tell your joke and beat it. Hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Uh, all right. This is an this is an interesting one from our our uh, texter SJ in North York. He always sends in good stuff, and I, I really like this one. He says, "Hey fellas, great show." My question for you, who has more leverage, the NHL or Ovechkin in terms of the Olympics? In my, opi- in my opinion, Batman wouldn't dare ba- uh, bar Ovechkin from the Olympic, uh, from returning to the NHL if he voids his contract. 
The NHL needs Ovechkin. You're right there. If Ovi goes, they'd let him back. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, but uh, that's probably why we saw the double IHF come out with a statement uh, reiterating that we will not honor anyone from the NHL who has a contract. And they're, they're going to they're gonna play the bad guy here. It takes the heat off of Washington. It takes the heat off of Gary Bettman. And uh, that, that's, that's how this thing all played out this week, guys. Yeah, the, the talk about a partnership between the two leagues. Getting that statement was a big, a big get because, you know, to, to SJ's point there, if Ovi were, were to leave, I, I guess what might have happened had this not the statement not come out, let's say he goes and plays and then tries to come back and re-signs, there's probably stiff penalties to the Capitals. Draft picks, whatever it may be for a circumvention or whatever you call it. I guess it's not cap circumvention, um, but... I'm older than you guys, but th- this is really shaping up to be one of the biggest things to ever happen to the National Hockey League this next year and a half, two years, chasing Wayne Gretzky's goal-scoring record. I, I can, can you compare that to anything? I mean, Cal Ripken Jr., yeah. uh, Sosa Maguire, the story. Maguire uh, Sosa, home runs. Like I'm watching a uh, what is it thirty for thirty on uh, Sosa and, and McGuire, mm-hmm. and it is riveting. Those guys uh, uh, behind did a lot the of curls, scenes huh? television, <laughs> and I can only imagine what's going to happen with Ovechkin as he gets closer to Wayne Gretzky and and all of it. And you're not if you're the NHL, you don't want to rock that boat with Ovechkin. Let me just be the vocal minority on this Ovechkin thing. It's too early, and I don't care yet. I don't care. What? I'm the only person who doesn't care. I don't care. It's so oh, funny. He needs 150 yeah. goals. He's trying to beat the record in five years. Like maybe it's three, four. It's probably four or five. No, maybe it's that's six. J- JB, JB, this is a guy that's still a legitimate 40-goal uh, scorer. It's 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 in the ballpark now of having a real discussion on it. And I, I got into this with Amber, what, two years ago on Hockey Night in Canada. And that's, you, you, you speaking today is where I was a year and a half, two years ago, where it's like, he could still get hurt. Uh, the longevity, the legs go pretty quick when you're in the ballpark at 35, 37. But now it's, it's in the scope. If Wayne Gretzky's legitimately talking about it and has gone on record to say he thinks he will break his record. What's well, he to say the opposite, Kip? No, he's not. But you're just you're you're, you're not going to give it. I think the attention uh, that uh, that you would otherwise if you didn't believe it. Yeah, put it that way. I just. Like, I'm not saying he's not going to do it. I'm not saying it won't be at a monumental accomplishment. I just, it's so far out. Like, four years. I, if he scores 45, 35, 30, 25, you know, however it's going to go. But it's just, you know, I, I'm not. The maybe, watch maybe, is I'm there. maybe I'm alone he's, in this. Maybe I'm alone in this. Every time he scores, he's over up. 50 this year. Yes, he, he moves up an all-time list almost every time he scores from here on end. It's like and it's the, cool. the climb has been that's incredible. That's where I'm at and too, Kipper. 
I think there's it's something just every to hang time your hat he scores on. right now, guys. Every time. Yeah, I love it. Oh. I love it. It's the all-time goals record. It's not like it's something minuscule, man. No, it's but it's the not biggest like it's record in the sport. Yeah, and we're at, in the at least so Maguire and Sosa was one year, one season chase. So this is going to be more meaningful. It is going to be a bigger accomplishment. It is worthy of more. Two years? Can we two years in a row? Know, but three years? We're, we're already in a place where we didn't think he'd get to, and that Agreed. is in the latter part there. Of, his, of his thirties, and still being the best goal scorer or arguably one of the best with Austin Matthews. He's going toe to toe with these guys and you're not necessarily supposed to do that in the back half of your 30. He's amazing. It's legit. He's amazing. Okay. I got to ask you guys a question since 2017, 2018, how many hat tricks does Alex Ovechkin have? Not as many as you probably think. Uh, nine. 11. <laughs> Tied with David Pasternak. David Pasternak has 11 as well. Wow. I know. So there you go. That's a lot. You were going to surprise us with like three or four. Two or 20 or something. About what we thought. (laughs) I just, I'm, maybe we're different types of people, but every goal he scores, every time somebody tweets out, oh, that's number 750, whatever, 760, I get fired up because we might see history in my lifetime. You, You get fired up and it's, it's, if you're Gary Bettman and his, in his league, it's like, where where are we cashing in with this? Where's the, where's oh, the story? Where's the cachet? Sp- every goal should be sponsored by. It's like, how do we make money off of this? And and if you got like guys like Sammy out there loving it, then that's that's where the storyline starts. I mean, the, the NHL is going to be cutting goaltender break lines on the opposition, but I tell you, Ovi's going to be 46 hammering away on the power play, making sure he gets there. Okay. So this, or he could blow a good out one his knee tomorrow and it's over, well, right? Yeah, there's that yeah. too. Yeah. He's just never, ever been hurt. So As, when's the last time he missed an extended period of time? Okay. So this one's from uh, o- George in Oakville. Nice to hear Kipper again. Sorry, nothing about you, Borny, but uh, why <laughs> Why won't the NHL look at a three-point game like other sports leagues? I hate the current setup and playing for the extra point after regulation. I've always agreed with this point. I always wish that it was three points for a regulation win. How do you guys feel about it? I can feel that. Um, I agree a thousand percent with both uh, the texter and you, Sammy, that it, it is the right thing to do. Three points makes a ton of sense. You go two for an OT win, one for an OT loss, zero, you lose in regulation. Uh, the standings are more fair. And at the end of the game, you have people playing for a point. Uh, right now, if you look at the odds of a goal occurring in the next minute in the NHL. The last what, minute? Just in the next minute. You know, the 15-minute okay. mark of the first period, the 12-minute mark of the second period. If you get towards the end of the third period of a hockey game, it goes down substantially when the score is tied. Yeah. Neither team is only one point. Yeah. Get the point. They're playing for a tie. Both teams are playing for a tie. So we're denied minutes of thrilling hockey of playing for an extra point in the standings. But the reason they do it is parody. They want every team's fan base to look at the standings and go, we're only six points out. And Canucks are still in it. If they, you know, if you looked at it with proper standings, not a chance. Yeah, and we've been through this, right? It's like four teams for Vancouver to jump over to get to that place, and it's a facade, man. It is it's a like facade. One of those Hollywood 
uh, movie sets where it looks great when you're standing in the middle of the town and you look behind it and it's a two by four holding up the wall. Because to right? your point, every team is going to get points along the way, and it's just the loser point yeah. keeps. I, I don't know. In it. I don't know how the three point. You got to you got to play it out in a few scenarios, and you know the. To your point again, it's could 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 teams now be. 15 points ahead of other teams if they got a, yeah. a solid October, November, and that's probably not looking real good for some teams behind the eight ball. Here's the thing that I hate the most is that you can bust your ass for 60 minutes and get a point uh, for two and a half hours, and yet we're going to value another point <laughs> in a skills competition yeah. for – less than five minutes right i, I and hate that, that totally i agree. hate that you value a point in a skills competition as much as you would now over 60 minutes playing a real hockey game that bugs me love that it's not it's not worth a full point if you're right it's not worth a full point unless the regular season points or sorry regular season regulation win is valued more i totally agree so tomorrow, yep. Saturday night, boys, St. Louis Blues. Thoughts, Sammy? Looking forward to a good game. Uh, I, I I really hope that the, the it's a good game. The Blues get some guys back. Marner's in there doing his thing. Love, by the way, another love that idea by Bunkus with that super second line. Uh, that was a pretty good idea by him. Hate to give him credit on I'm that. I'm sorry, one, but, I've forgotten uh, it. I've forgotten <laughs> it. What did he say? Oh, the Mar- like the, the Marner Tavares. Uh, an Elander combination, which I thought was interesting, but yeah, I think I think Leafs lose. I think they're kind of heading in the wrong direction here. They're going for a little stretch. I think the Blues are humming, and they they maybe hang a couple on the Leafs tomorrow night. And even a loss again to kind of bring everybody down to earth a little bit and get them to regroup, and mm-hmm. it won't it might not necessarily be the worst thing for them as as long as it's a competitive, close game. Uh, I think it. Even a loss would give them some value. Yeah, no, I I don't really know what to expect. Um, you know, I, but same thing. I, I'm excited to see him play some of the top competition, more or less uh, fully loaded lineup. So I, I'm looking forward no, to the no, game. No, no, Kasha and Hall. I mean, those are minute munchers too. They are. They, they're out of the lineup. So we'll see how that plays out. Yes, sir. Wow, it's Friday already. Stay safe. That was a fun week, guys. Really appreciate it. As always, JB, Dylan, Sammy, stay safe this weekend, guys. Thanks for listening, everybody. And once again, get a chance for a rating and a review on, uh, on our show. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you on Monday.